Welcome back, everyone. Mike Barron and Rob Galloway here for another edition of Tahoe Tap. We've got a juicy three-course podcast lined up for you. Slow roasted, perfect on the outside, perfect on the inside. You know, it's just anything you want out of a podcast, we got it for you right here. The Tahoe tab. <laughs> and uh, this one, you know, a little different. Uh, you had Darren Rouse on last week talking about uh, his Olympic experience. And now we're sort of taking the other side of the approach. We saw Michaela Schifrin and a lot of other people talking about mental health. So we're sort of diving into in the part two and three, the adventure and the people side of it. We're talking about places you can escape to go sort of relax or unwind mental getaway places. Or if you want to fast forward all the way through, as I say, and not listen to all of our chatter and just, you're just here from Mr. Ryan Carr from Barton Health. You you can listen to that here in a little bit. (laughs) They want to listen to us. Okay. I'd like to think that, but Hey, just, you know, to give them the option, (laughs) but uh, this Tahoe Tap podcast is brought to you by Lake Tahoe Ale Works, home of the self-serve beer wall, wood-fired pizza, great opre spot, both at State Line and between the casinos, and then also at the Y on the South Lake Tahoe, California side. So check out and choose your adventure at LakeTahoeAleWorks.com. So as always, we're going to hit you with some conversation starters, whether they're local or national. And of course, we'll start with Rob and the local. And I am actually starting out on a very, very sad note here. Um, It's really just a horrible story that stemmed from an incident uh, this past Sunday where a student at North Tahoe High School passed away following an accident at Palisades. Uh, I, I, you know, not going into details, just want to say, you know, our deepest condolences go out to to his family and his friends there. But um, but yeah, just a just a terrible, terrible news uh, on that side. But, you know, bringing it a little bit brighter, we got snow. Mike, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, some of, you know, we got, we got some stuff maybe coming in this weekend on Sunday. We'll, we'll, you know, cross our fingers uh, on that, but we had some areas that were setting records for days past without getting any precipitation. So anything at this point is, is great news for us, but, you know, speaking of snow and you kind of, you, you kind of just talked about this, you know, we had 12 local athletes competing in the, in, in the Olympics and they all, they really took their lumps, Mike. Um, you know, I'm not sure off the top of my head who, who necessarily had the best finish, but like you said, I mean, it's a really good time to mention that, that mental focus of the athlete side of things and, you know, teasing our guest, uh, you know, coming up, you know, like you said, we had Darren Rowles on, on the last episode and talking about that athlete approach. So this is a nice little dovetail for a double feature. If you want to go back and listen to the Darren Rowles and then this one as well. Uh, and I wasn't really sure on how that conversation uh, was going to go with Ryan Carr, but man, stay tuned. Cause he was excellent. I mean, you and I talked about it. Like he just, he's full of just great stuff, right? He is quite the resource, very well-spoken and can give you some uh, tools to stick in your tool belt, uh, yeah. carrying on beyond this podcast. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I guess we really need to mention the mask mandate getting completely rescinded on the Nevada side of things. And with the, the indoor mandate ending, um, it was really at midnight on Tuesday. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, on the California side. Uh, so that, indoor mask mandate uh if you are you know what they say if you're um if you're not vaccinated you still have to wear the mask indoors but you know it it can get a little bit confusing i mean we saw that you know throughout this entire you know two years of what is it on the california side what is on the nevada side with all the different counties so they're a little bit different 
but I think we can sum it up, you know, best by maybe just saying this, this, if, if you're still concerned or, or you're not feeling well, wear a mask. If not, you're probably okay to go without. Um, and yes, I realize that, um, you know, that when the California said it's for, it's for vaccinated only indoors, I think we need to come back to, down to planet earth a little bit and hop on that reality chain because it really isn't going to matter. Right, Mike? I mean, those people that, that aren't vaccinated, I mean, it doesn't matter. Right. I, I'm right there with you. And I think now the, the paradigm is going to shift a little bit where the people that are wearing the masks are going to get the outlook rather than, you know, the people that, that weren't wearing the mask in the grocery store and defying the rules. I, I think we're going to start to see that sort of shift. Yeah, we, we might. I mean, it, you know, even being out and about, you know, the, the past day and, or a couple of days on, on the Nevada side of California side, it, it still seems like there's more people wearing masks than not. So, um, you know, we'll see how that how that manifests itself over over the coming you know days and weeks but uh you know maybe the maybe the biggest story uh that broke at least for this week it broke yesterday was that announcement of california's third district court of appeal they ruled in favor of the conservation group's efforts against martis valley west proposal uh the landowner there they were looking to add a new gated community with roads uh 760 vacation homes and commercial malls along the ridge of the uh, the northern rim and uh, along with it another 3,985 new daily car trips. And that was according to the project's environmental review. But needless to say, Mike, that this environmental impact would not have been favorable. So for now, it's a win, but we'll wait to see if California Supreme Court appeal is coming from the developers. I just want to know how they calculate those car trips. I know they got a, you know, a very fine-tuned system, but Seems like a lot of car trips for those homes. Per day? Hey, yeah. But I know 760 vacation. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's, that's a pretty hearty handful, that right? That's a big chunk. Yeah. So, you know, for the conservationists out there, that was a big, big win and uh, yeah. making waves around regionally uh, for that proposal, getting, getting the, uh, the stiff arm of the Heisman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Thanks, Rob, for the local hits. Let's talk about some of the national news out there. Just a couple of pods ago, we recently shared the news about Netflix increasing their prices. And now Amazon is hiking up their own. The $20 increase, just about $1.67 a month, takes effect February 18th and brings your annual fee to $139 a year. So let's do the quick math on that. The number of Prime subscribers topped 200 million globally, with most, most of those being in the U.S., uh, according to a Morgan Stanley analysis. And they're saying last year, those people spent about $3,000 on average per household, you know, or per account, excuse me. So that's a quick $4 billion to boost their bottom line right there. So Amazon is, you know, that's, that's not much when they announced that Amazon is raising their base salary to $350,000 for employees from $160,000. That's their base salary cap right there. So 4 billion, you know, that's, that's a small chunk of that, that jump that they announced. So, um, you know, online, they're an online retailer, of course, that employs 1.6 million globally. That's a ton of people. I mean, yeah. that's pretty wild when you put it into perspective there, 1.6 million people that they employ. So the $20 increase, you know, we saw them working hard during December and still getting our packages to us. So, Hey, I'll, I'll take that $20 increase. But my, my question for you, Rob, is which do you think is more widely shared, Amazon Prime accounts or Netflix accounts? I, I put a little bit of thought into this, Mike, and I, I'm going to say, and I didn't look it up, 
Um, I'm going to say that because Prime, there's more transactions involved and there's, you know, delivery with an address involved. I think people are going to be less likely to share that information with people than Netflix. So I'm going to say Netflix accounts are more widely shared. Okay. Well, I don't have an answer for you. Oh, I just want to, <laughs> I don't, I mean, how, how are you going to get all these people to pony up and, and admit to their, their fraudulent <laughs> accounts? Uh, I just wanted to know, you know, what well, your I have no is. idea. I, but... I, I agree with you. I think Netflix is as well. Uh, pretty easy to share that one. <laughs> all right. The, uh, I know you're into movies, Rob. So this one's sort of for you. The Spider-Man No Way Home blockbuster recently passed up Avatar as the domestic box office uh, at the domestic box office rank to take over the number three spot all time in the U.S. with a total of 761 million Number one and number two in the U.S. in the top list of U.S. movies is Star Wars, The Force Awakens, 963 million, followed by The Avengers Endgame, 858 million. Globally, however, Avatar remains number one of all time worldwide after earning 2.84 billion throughout the course of its lifetime. Number two is Avengers Endgame at 2.79 billion. And then uh, No No Way Home, Spider-Man uh, racked up at number six at 1.8 billion. But here's the kicker. This milestone is even more impressive because they have not even played in China yet, the world's largest box office market. So they got room to grow uh, with Spider-Man No Way Home at, we got at number six globally. I think it's next year um, the Avatar sequels start coming out. So you got Avatar and they filmed them all together like like the Lord of the Rings. And I think it's two, three and four. I think they did three sequels and I think they start coming out next year. Nice. Good fact there, because I loved Avatar. It's one of the few films I purchased and I, I've watched that so many times. It still rings true and is a great film to the day. So can't wait for those. All right, uh, changing gears to some climate studies out there. New study released this week by Columbia University shows that the current mega drought throughout the Western US and Northern, New Mex Northern Mexico is the worst in 1200 years. And the situation is it's pretty extreme. One major sign of that, two of the largest reservoirs in the US, Lake Mead, Lake Powell, are down to one third of their capacity. The most notable recent drought was a 23-year dry spell, and that was back in the 1500s. So they're saying we, since 800 AD, we haven't seen anything like this uh, when they were, as they compile all the numbers. So that's pretty big. That came out today, this morning, as uh, we were setting up for this. So we'll see how that, I mean, of course, uh, they're, you know, laying into that with um, uh, the, when the oceans, get warmer, the water actually expands, and then, you know, um, glaciers melting as well. So those are the two main causes of that. And then announced just a couple of days ago, NOAA researchers announced that the U.S. coastline will see approximately 10 to 12 inches of sea level rise by 2050 here on the West Coast. They're anticipating about eight inches. And it doesn't sound like that much, but when you look at where people are living and how it could really flood into some areas, it's, it's pretty substantial. Yeah. So those are your national headlines here. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with your adventure and mental getaway places. Stick with us here in the Tahoe Tap. 
welcome back. Let's get into the A of the T-A-P. That's adventure. And this one is sort of a broad term, right? We take it in all different directions, depending on the theme of the week. But today, Rob and I have queued up for you some mental getaways. So what, what, is, what do you have in mind here, Rob? Well, I, I mean, I'm a little all over the map on, on my choices. So I think I got maybe a little something for everyone, but I, I took it as a little bit different, you know, I, and it was more sparked by, um, by our conversation with Ryan, um, just how I looked at this thing. Um, but, you know, back to you, I mean, what are your favorite things about just when you think of mental getaways? I mean, it means probably different, something different to everybody, but what are our favorite things about these types of places? Well, I'd say something that, you know, provides you a feeling of escape or maybe relinquishing of duties, right? So if you're a local, maybe you go, you're going to the city, right? To, to get out of your shell or vice versa. If you're a city, you're coming up here and you're looking for getting out into the woods, something, something along those lines. What about you? Uh, I mean, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think mental wise, yeah. I mean, it's just, you, you need something from the, that day-to-day you know, grind on your head as far as what you go through. You just want something a little bit different. Uh, but I hadn't written down here too. Do you think accessibility in both summer and winter plays into any of our choices here? Ooh, uh, yes and no. I mean, that's a, a, a final answer, Regis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll dive into mine. And I think, you know, in, in talking about summer and winter the mine can be both summer and winter but winter is a little bit more sketchy because all mine all mine are outdoors i'm you know i'm taking it out to uh to the forest or or, you know for the most part the forest and um you know that's that's where i'm looking at an escape for me but the first one that i want to talk about is uh is potholes and uh i it's not in the tahoe basin um but it's close uh but what you'll want to do is you want to head west on highway 88 like you're going to kirkwood and then a little ways past Kirkwood, you're going to hit Silver Lake. And right there is really where you want to stop because across the road, uh, you'll see the parking lot on the left-hand side there um, is, uh, is the trail. Uh, it's a family-friendly trek. Uh, it's a little under a mile, uh, about a mile and a half round trip. Um, although, you know, some places I would say aren't marked particularly well. It's, it's not a bad trail, but, uh, but just pay attention uh, when you're going out there. But what you're going to get at the end is really an amazing sight. I mean, there are literally potholes in the granite and they're all pocked, you know, all downstream of the river there. Uh, and the further you go, really, the less people that you have. Uh, but, you know, picture both maybe like small and big granite pools. Some are deep enough to jump in. Uh, others are really good for the littles. Uh, some you can slide down. Uh, I, although I haven't, you know, Caldor definitely, I mean, I haven't been there since that. So, it was the fire was burning right around that area. Uh, I, I don't know if it got hit or not. So, uh, you know, TBD on, on what it looks like uh, right now. But I mean, it's it's more or less uh, baked into the granite up there. So, you know, maybe right around there is still OK. But um, uh, if you want to um, kind of shoot away from the from the crowds, you got to make sure that uh, that you're going to get there early. Uh, yeah. Stake your claim there uh, just with, you know, pretty much everything. Uh, but you can roll ice chests, um, you know, dogs on a leash. Uh, but you're really going to get those really great sweeping views if you walk downstream um, far enough. But I, you've been to potholes, right? Yeah, only once. And it was late season. So not a ton of flow through the river and the potholes, but still ones you could jump in and disappear. You know, great for uh, Instagramming and, you know, for videos. Yeah. Uh, those, those are always fun. Well, I just like it. I mean, you know, from a mental getaway, I mean, you could just, you know, 
camp out on the, on the granite there and, you know, pick your little pool and, you know, a little bit, you know, sit there for 30 minutes or whatever, walk down to another one. And, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, you get to get away uh, pretty nice. Um, my, my other one, um, and this is also um, out and about, uh, is going to be the trail to Granite Lake and Maggie's Peaks. Um, have you done this one, Mike? I have not. You have not? Okay. No. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, where Potholes was an easy hike. This one's a bit more difficult. Um, you got about four and a quarter-ish or so miles out in the back, but uh, but it's going to be a 1,900 feet elevation gain. Um, and really, when you hit the lake, uh, right about the lake to the summit, that's going to be the hardest. And your legs are going to feel it uh, by the time you get up there. But when you hit the summit, you're going to be rewarded by what I think, in my opinion, is one of the best views in the basin. Uh, the Northern Peak has, has a little better i think lake views uh, at least in my opinion southern peak is a little bit higher than than the north but uh you know a lot like potholes the trail's dog friendly um on a leash of course um but this trail is uh, it's basically the southwest portion of the the lake starting at the bayview trailhead so i think it goes without saying um parking's gonna suck um <laughs> and but if you picture maybe like that cascade falls trail it's a little more aggressive than that so to give you maybe an idea of uh if folks have been on the cascade uh trail but going in the summer, you have a decent amount of shade, but you really want to pack, uh, pack a, a lot of water. Um, just make sure you, you know, don't just bring like one canteen. You're going to you're going to go through a lot more than you probably think you are. Um, uh, winter, you can do it. Uh, you're probably going to want snowshoes and poles. Um, but I think one of the reasons why I like it so much is it really has everything. It has a lake. It has uh, the views when you get to the top. And really, maybe when you talk about that mental side of things, it's that sense of accomplishment of doing something that wasn't exactly easy. Right. Yeah, that's, that, that's always yeah. You you can pat yourself on the back kind of thing and say, knock that one off the list. Yeah, yeah. And my um, my last one here uh, is the. I don't know if you done. Have you done the the Mount Rose Summit either? Uh, only only a scheme. Yeah, only by lift access. Okay, so, okay. So this is yeah. not lift access. No. Access. Uh, it is another tough one though. But although it's probably more tough just because it's longer. Uh, you're a little over 10 miles and you're, you're gaining uh, about 2000 feet. Um, it doesn't say that it doesn't, have, it doesn't have its moments though, because it does, uh, especially that last part of the climb. Um, but I like this for the same reasons though. I mean, it's challenging. You get that sense of accomplishment, gives you diff a different view of the lake, although it's probably not quite as, as glorious as Maggie's Peaks. Um, so you're looking more south instead of, uh, of, of north, but you get a great view of the valley too. Um, and uh, which you don't really get on the Maggie's Peak side of things. Uh, but you're, I think, um, and you can correct me, or, you know, we can reach out to friend of the podcast, Jeff Cowan at TRPA, because he can fact check us on this. But uh, I know he wrote something um, a while back about the seven summits of Tahoe. But I think it's uh, Mount Rose is the second highest peak in all of Tahoe. Uh, I know it's the highest in North Shore, um, but Freel is, Freel is higher um, I think, but Friel and Rose are the only ones over 10,000 feet. Um, do you know that? Mike? Well, yeah, Friel is outside of the basin technically. Uh, but you got Monument Peak, which is at Heavenly, uh, cause we're talking watershed, right? Where the, where the watershed, so you can see it from around, but, uh, to lax above 10,000 feet, Monument Peak at Heavenly, the, the sky chair gets you above 10,000 feet there. So there's a few in Genoa Peak. Uh, it could be, maybe it's a, it, it's either second or third. I know that. I know that um, we, you know, we always used to catch hell from our sister media outlets in Colorado because they have all their, their 14ers that they call them, right? Those 14,000 feet peaks. Uh, I think our 10,000, 10 Kers, if we want to call them that are just fine. 
but uh you know regardless you get a nice uh shot of galena falls in that first portion of the trail it's it's about two miles in uh but like with all waterfalls around the basin you know time of year is really going to depend you know water flow and how majestic it's really going to look um i've not done the hike in the winter although it is open and accessible year-round um Midsummer, though, it's also one of the best places for wildflowers. Um, and same for dogs, although there are spots you can let uh, dogs off the leash here, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, we always got to point out, I, I, I like to point out the dog portion of it because uh, we got our dog lovers, right, around Tahoe. What's, what's the longest hike that you've taken Loka on? Uh, to Dick's Lake, a couple night backpacking trip, and it was probably round trip uh, with all things considered, maybe about 10 miles. Yeah. Ooh, that's that's a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that wraps me up. Okay. Well, I will preface mine here locally with saying that, you know, whenever we, we throw these out, these are not paid endorsements, right? This one may sound like it because it's got a lot of stuff packed into it and it's all under one company, but I found this, I know the owner, uh, it's called Bliss Tahoe Experience. And there is just the entire array, array of something to get into if you're looking for an escape. So uh, check in with Janae at Blistyle Experience and you can find anything from food and wine pairings to Reiki massage, yoga, Pilates, et cetera, et cetera. But here's where it gets fun. They've got all kinds of other custom curated experiences guided and provided by other local small business owners that she partners with. So did a little research. I haven't taken part in any of these four that I'm going to touch on. Uh, but they sound fun. So you've got astrology forecasting. Uh, one of our locals, Kelly Smith Cassidy, uh, is an evolutionary. And um, she's an astrologer that's going to give you an exclusive weather forecast of the stars. I, I'm not personally into this kind of thing. I can always entertain it and have fun that's with it. Good. And that's, that's what an escape is all, all about, right? A mental getaway. Yeah. Uh, so um, check that. They've got astrology forecasting forest bathing. <laughs> I hadn't seen this one. So your guide Felix takes you on a Shinrin-yoku journey. <laughs> somebody, somebody write in, tell me, give me the fanatics on this, on how to say it, but forest bathing. I mean, just let yourself free and, and go have fun with that. Uh, you've also got Genication, which is basically a cocktail workshop. These are always fun, right? So Tara Jasper is a master distiller and owner of Sip Song Spirits. And she's going to take you on a journey uh, and learn how to create a perfect gin and tonic, among other cocktails. And then here's one. I, I, I want to know more about this one. Uh, my, mycelium Magic. Tahoe Mushroom Company master, master cultivator Kyle Woodland presents an experiential workshop about the magic of mushrooms from spore to cap. Is this one legal? Did you get a sample of that? Yeah. <laughs> Are we talking truffles from Amsterdam? No. Uh, this is all, you know, under the new company called Tahoe Mushroom Company. Uh, he provides his mushrooms to other restaurants around the basin, and you can go on that kind of journey. So, something really out of the box with bliss tile experiences. So that's my first one there. I mean, like I said, a few of these, I didn't even know how to pronounce. So <laughs> would love to check them out. Right. And then my second one for your mental getaways is Edgewood Tahoe. You want to feel like a baller. You want to splurge a little bit, hit up any of their, their spa, their bistro, the clubhouse, the restaurant. You see the big gates when you pull up to Edgewood and South Lake, 
but it's open to the public. The, the lodge, all of it is completely open to the public. It feels private when you go down, sort of like uh, Lone Eagle. You talk about Lone Eagle a lot, Rob, at mm-hmm. the Hyatt and Incline. But, you know, Edgewood's got that same feel. But go to the restaurant inside the clubhouse and get their pine cone smoked elk loin. It will knock your socks off, knock the taste buds off your tongue, but however you want to say it. I mean, I guess that might not be a good thing. It's going to say, it's going to really please your taste buds. Uh, but the pine cone smoked elk loin uh, was amazing. Try it out. Uh, did, you, but, did you have that like recently? Uh, about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I highly suggest it. That one will take your, your entire brain to another planet, just eating that alone. <laughs> so as we tell you, you can go walk the beach. They've got a ton of different, they've even got a daycare there. If you want to uh, have them look after your kids for a couple hours while you go to dinner, um, you know, as we is the full resort experience um, that can really help you get away, but you're going to spend a buck or two there. No, oh, yeah. no doubt about that. So uh, my last one, I would be remiss if I didn't throw this out and I'll just keep it plain and simple. Emerald Bay Sunrise or Cave Rock Sunset? Enough said, right? I mean, best of Tahoe winners for best place to watch sunset, always Cave Rock. Emerald Bay Sunrise is, you know, you don't really have to say much more on those. I mean, that just go there, leave your phone in the car or, I mean, do what you got to do to just unwind, disconnect and go check out both of them. You can do both in the same day. Right. I mean, and then work your way through. So you can get Emerald Bay Sunrise, work your way through town, do dinner or lunch at Edgewood and then be over at Cave Rock for sunset. How about that? Yeah. (laughs) So those are our mental getaways for your A portion of the Tahoe Tap. Stick with us here on the podcast. After this real quick break, we've got Ryan Carr from Barton Health. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Tahoe Tap. It's our main portion of our podcast, and it's my pleasure to introduce Ryan Carr. He's the performance supervisor and certified mental performance coach at Barton Center for Orthopedics and Wellness. Prior to Barton, Ryan was a performance and strength conditioning coach at Princeton University, Seton Hall University, Iona College, and the University of Hartford. His purpose is to live with passion presence, and optimism, and to positively impact people to maximize their potential so they, you know, of course, they can all create and live the life that we love, especially here in Tahoe, where it all makes sense. His workshops, uh, both group and one-on-one, with local and national organizations, help people realize the importance and enjoyment of training their minds through performance psychology. So I I know you've also got, you know, aside from Barton Ryan, you've also got Ryan Carr performance. So tell us a bit about your background and what makes you passionate about mental health and performance. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And I'm really pumped to be here with you guys. Um, It started for me at a really young age. You know, I was involved in athletics. My mother, she's a physical therapist and then now owns her own Pilates studio and triathlete. And my dad owned a boxing gym right outside Philly. 
I'm from the East Coast, from Southern New Jersey, and we did a lot of stuff growing up, just very active. So that got me into the physical side, which blended nicely into the mental side. So I went to college, played soccer there at University of Hartford, um, did an undergrad degree in exercise science and trained athletes as a strength conditioning and sport performance coach for a number of years. And, you know, after doing that for so many years and playing soccer, um, I realized like most of the um, ways that we can improve our performance definitely physically helps. You know, you got to be in great shape. You got to be good at whatever it is that you love doing, whatever that sport is. But most of the time I was finding in between the ears made the difference between good and great. So that's when I went back to school and did a master's in sports psychology. And I'm currently doing a dissertation and finishing up my doctorate in sports psych just because I love helping athletes and people in general just maximize who we are. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my quick version of my journey. And it's definitely one of the hottest topics, whether you're on the field or in the office over the past couple of years. I mean, talk about you know, Simone Biles really putting it on the international stage oh, yeah. in the Olympics last summer, Michaela Schifrin even shedding some light on it recently in the Winter Olympics. But how do you personally define that term of mental health and performance overall? Yeah, I would say um, there's definitely some distinctions between mental health and you know, performance, but mental health side of it, I'll go there first, is really like our psychological and emotional well-being. And I see that as there's three facets, right? We all have thoughts. We all have feelings. We all have emotions. Okay. I don't care who you are. We all have them. You might want to deny them, but they're there. <laughs> um, and those are really made up by three other things, bio, psycho, and social. So our biological makeup, what, what did mom and dad give us? You know, I always say, if you're going to be a great Olympian, you better choose your parents wisely. <laughs> so there's only so much we can influence on that, both uh, from a mind standpoint and from a physical standpoint. Our parents' blueprint gives us stuff, right? Uh, and then psychologically, what is that makeup of? Do we see the glasses half full, half empty, sometimes more full, sometimes less full? Um, we all have different tendencies when it comes to our psychology, and we can influence that through mental performance and sport and performance psychology. Um, and then the last part of that is socially and environmentally. Like what are we surrounding ourselves with? When you wake up in the morning, are you like watching terrible things on the news? Well, guess what? You're pretty much priming your mind uh, <laughs> to be in a negative state. So we have influence on the psychological side and definitely the social and environmental side. Um, so that will influence therefore our mental health and our performance. The performance side of it, I see it as like two avenues. Number one, like Socrates said, you got to know thyself, know who you are, know when good feelings, thoughts, and emotions come up, know when bad ones come up and do it non-judgmentally. The premise of mindfulness, right? And then the second part of that is the mental skills training. So things like goal setting, imagery, working on our self-talk, um, using pre-performance routines. Those are all things that are going to influence our performance. Out of those, real quick, out of those few pillars that you mentioned, does one carry more weight? Oh, great question. Um, I would say biologically, look, we're, we're all predispositioned to um, maybe have a certain body type. But how many people do you know in your life that were like, nah, I'm not going to accept that. 
And then they do everything they possibly can to maybe change their body type. I think we can do the same with our mind, but to a certain extent. So I don't want to hang my hat on any one being more than the other, but if I were to give a slight edge, I would say uh, psychologically, if you do the deep work, meaning you sit down with a trained professional um, and then environmentally, if you really set yourself up for success, I'd probably nudge those two a little bit more forward. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on nature versus nurture, right? I mean, so oh, 100%, 100%. That, that's, a, that's a bit of what you're talking about there. So yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that to the experts out there. Yeah. And you could, people can take the class with you, but Rob's got a few questions for you here in the same, in the same zone. Yeah, Ryan, I mean, I guess maybe along those same lines, I mean, mental health, it basically comes in all shapes and sizes, but are there typically things that maybe most people encounter that they don't think are mental health related, but maybe in reality, they actually are? Yeah, great question. Um, let's take the, let's use the Olympics as an example. I think we saw it over the summer Olympics, definitely seeing the winter Olympics. Most people don't talk about it, right? If you sprain your ankle, what do you do? You go to a doctor, you go to a physical therapist, um, and you work your way back to where you want it to be. I think there's a huge stigma around mental health where we don't talk about it. And I think that's probably one of the worst things that we can do. You know, uh, I credit someone like Simone Biles who's thrown it out there. And now she's opened the gate for other people to talk about an issue because the worst thing that we can do when we're feeling a little bit down and we all do at times, maybe you're not in a clinically categorized depressed state, but you're just feeling ah, a little bit off. The worst thing we can do is isolate ourselves. And that's what most people do. We don't talk about it. We keep it to ourselves. Um, but I think getting out there and sharing this notion of like, hey, you know what? I'm not feeling so great today. Share it with a friend. Or maybe you seek out um, some licensed counseling. Like I'm such a huge proponent of that. Um, so I think the stigma around it is probably one of the biggest things that we need to tackle. And we're on the right track. No, that's yeah, that's that's great. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard of, um, you know, Mamba mentality. Basically, you know, that's Kobe Bryant's. Yeah. His, his famous, you know, mental toughness and, uh, you know, it's pretty legendary. And along those same lines, I mean, what does it take to get your mental performance to the highest level? Because, I mean, somebody like Kobe Bryant or, or Michael Jordan, they had they had that thing that that you just you can't teach it. I mean, it's there. But I, how do you get to that point? Great question. I would say the number one thing you've got to have is purpose. Like know what your purpose is, know what your goal is. And if you don't know what that is, it doesn't matter you can do all the psychological skills training in the world, but if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, it doesn't matter. You've got to have purpose on where you want to be and where you're going, because that purpose is going to be the thing that gets you up at three or four o'clock in the morning, or it's going to be the thing that helps you stay up late if you're a night owl and you do your work later. So having a clear sense of what your goal is and purpose, figure that out first. Everything else will fall in line. Interesting. You know, maybe the inverse of that, we've also seen some star athletes and, you know, I don't know if you're a baseball fan or, or not, but my mind instantly goes to somebody like, like Chuck Knobloch, who, mm -hmm. you know, once he got in his head about not being able to make that throw, I mean, he was a second baseman, but you know, once he got in his head about not being able to make that throw to first base, his career was essentially over. Yep. I mean, even professional athletes, they can get in their heads and how do you overcome something to that degree? Yeah, that's a great question. That's, 
some deep stuff going on there. And you're referring to what we call um, is the yips, right? When you yeah. like physiologically, you cannot perform something that is so simple. Uh, Simone Biles talked about it this summer and they call it the twisties in gymnastics where they get disoriented in the air. And it's, it's something they do all the time and all of a sudden they can't do it. A couple things come up. Uh, number one, was there any trauma in your life at an early age? You know, I would definitely suggest seeking out like a clinical uh, psychologist or counselor for that. But there's other strategies that will help you like pre-performance routines because they give you a sense of control and confidence going in. So if you're looking at these Olympics, I guarantee 90% of those Olympians out there, they have a very strict routine that they're going through, whether it's music that they listen to or certain stretches that they do or breathing exercises or a dynamic warm-up. So having a routine and then following that up with some imagery and visualization, like visualize yourself performing the way that you want exactly, you know, feel the temperature, see the different colors, um, understand the texture. If you're wearing gloves and you're a skier or snowboarder, like feel your feet in your boots. Um, and then following that up with positive self-talk and instructional self-talk things like I've got this or I'm going to stomp this I think too many times we think of the pink elephant in the room it's like hey don't think of that pink elephant what are you going to think of a pink, pink elephant, elephant right <laughs> it's like a basketball player at the free throw line you don't want to say don't miss no I'm going to say I'm going to drain this bottom of the net so focus on what you want rather than what you're trying to avoid all right. So you mentioned Mamba, you mentioned, you know, Kobe and Simone Biles. Who do you personally idolize? And for someone looking for aspiration out there, who's a good role model in the industry that maybe everybody can sort of latch on to or relate to? I'm glad you asked this question and I'm going to preface it with, I'm going to disappoint you uh, because <laughs> <laughs> Lou Frigg, no. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I really don't go to like a pro athlete or an actor or anyone because I don't know them. Like, I don't know. They may be great on the court or on the, on the slopes, but I don't know them in their day in and day out. Like when they get home, are they, are they great to their significant others? Are they great to their kids? Like to me, somebody I idolize is the people closest to me that I know day in and day out, you know, like I, I idolize my wife because she's an amazing mother and she gets after it. And it's such a great friend and an amazing um, college soccer player. I idolize some of my cousins and my brother and my uncles because they wake up every day and they go to the gym and then they come home and they, they manage really hard lives not really hard lives, but you know, the stressors of life and, and family and children and, but they keep getting after it and they're motivated and they're consistent. So I hate to disappoint you, but I think all of us should look around to those closest to us first and like find the best in those people and try and like take on some of those qualities because uh, oftentimes we don't really know what the superstar's life is like outside the, uh, outside the spotlight that that's not disappointing at all man i can totally relate i <laughs> i show up to the same gym you i mean you're my coach there at barton and some of the people i look at are marty i don't know her last name or darcy yeah. goodman or christy Jewett. Yeah, man. they're finishing their workout when i show up at 6 a.m and I, i'm like <laughs> damn those ladies yeah. are kicking ass they are good yeah. and they they give me aspiration to 
wake up a little bit earlier and get my feet on the ground. So I know what you mean. Uh, totally. So you yeah. get, you're getting bonus points from, from your wife for that. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, it's, it's the truth. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. <laughs> you know, Ryan, you, you had mentioned routine as, as one of the things that um, the athletes or the Olympians, um, you know, that they have in common, but maybe what are some of maybe a, a, the other overlapping qualities of those of, you know, high profile athletes or Olympians? Yeah, I would say, um, extreme discipline and commitment. Uh, Jocko Willick, Navy SEAL has a lot of cool books out there. Extreme ownership is one of them, but he mentions freedom through discipline, you know, being disciplined about your training, staying consistent with it. Oh, you know, my body doesn't feel, feel great today. Get up, train. Oh, my, my body does feel great today. Great. Get up, train. Um, having a plan and sticking with that plan. I think it's incredibly important. Too many of us, like when we're not feeling it, we just give up on it. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't adjust, pivot when needed, be flexible. But I think having that sense of purpose and then a very consistent plan of checking in on those goals. Like, for example, one thing I do most important meeting of my week is on Sunday mornings, I wake up early and I spend 30 minutes reviewing my goals because it's the most important thing I'm going to do for me, like personally, as well as professionally. So like staying consistent with knowing your purpose and then having an action plan to that, I think is critical. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Freedom through discipline. I mean, it, it, it takes me to uh, something I saw where, you know, LeBron, Beyonce, you know, um, Tiger Woods, They've all just got 24 hours in the day. They got to brush their teeth twice a day, yeah. you know, put their pants on one leg at a time. Well, maybe, maybe LeBron just jumps into his pants. Maybe he jumps into them. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they, they just structure it uh, yeah. really, I, really soundly. One thing real quick, I mean, and, and I don't know if you heard this. I mean, I'm, I'm a 49er fan. Mike's a 49er fan. Uh, Debo Samuel, who um, had just a fantastic season this year i was listening to a podcast of him recently and they asked him about just trying to be the best he can and, and he said you know it was pretty interesting because he, he said he doesn't set goals and he said i just try to be the best i can be and get better in every facet of you know what it is he's doing but he doesn't set goals i'm just i mean it's, it, it's just that's a very different maybe aspect from somebody who's a budding superstar um you know yeah, i just yeah. thought that was interesting to hear that he he didn't set goals but he has I mean, maybe just to be the best at, at everything that he's trying to be is a goal in itself. But I, I just thought that was interesting. I don't know if you have any thoughts around that. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I think where my mind goes is, do you want to be the best or do you want to be your best? And to me, if you're trying to be the best, that means we're always comparing ourselves to those around us. And inevitably, we're setting ourselves up for eventual failure, if not now, later. But if we're trying to be our best, like my best in this podcast, in um, my workout this morning or whatever it might be, I think if we're trying to be our best in every situation, the outcome is going to take care of itself, right? When we focus on that process. So, uh, you know, while I'm a huge fan of setting goals and I think having vision and purpose and all of that, if that works for him, I love his concept of like the process and staying in the moment of whatever he's doing to be his best. Well, this will guaranteed be the best podcast in all of the land because you're at your best right now. So, yeah, uh, so we talked lofty stuff, right? Like big umbrella topics, big names, but bringing it back locally, 
you know, I've been through a few mental performance sessions with you and there's a whole program that you can go through, but for the listeners that haven't describe that process and what you can go through and how you can better yourself a little bit here locally in Lake Tahoe. Yeah, absolutely. So anybody who wants to come in and do um, a free mental performance, like 20 minute session with me, I'm happy to do. Why do I do that? Because everybody's like, well, what is it? What are we going to work on? And we, we touched on some of those, you know, self-awareness today, as well as mental skills to support. So that's step number one. Um, step number two is then if you wanted to, you'd sign up for a three pack. And the reason I do that, you you're not going to get any better, like just showing up once, right? It's like going to the gym. If you just go and work out once, it's, it's not going to do anything. But over time, once we do a few sessions, uh, we can get you going on the right path. And the other way is sign up for an assessment with us or jump into a group fitness class with Barton Performance and you get a little taste of it. And then if you want to do a specific deep dive, I'm happy to jump in with you. Yeah. And I mean, describe your, uh, the pyramid we went through real quick and yeah, I mean, just a little more detail on how you can set goals and how you can walk people through it. Because mine personally was, well, one was to do better handstands. I failed at that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, pretty much handicapped right now on the left hand. Failure so, is but, feedback, my friend. It's hey, all right. Feedback yeah. for the next one. I got a lot of feedback in my nerves right now, <laughs> uh, my wrist. And uh, my other one was less social media. And yep. you walked us through the process at how to be accountable and all that. So describe that pyramid real quick, and then we'll wrap it up. Absolutely. All right. So I look at it first is know what your outcome is, right? We talked about that. What's your purpose? What's your outcome goal? And then uh, why is that important to you? So maybe your outcome goal is, oh, I want to run a marathon. I'll just use that as, a, as an example. Why is it important to you? Well, I know if I, run, if I get in shape for running a marathon, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to feel better about it mentally. I'm going to be you know, a better spouse at home, whatever it might be. That's my why. My why has got to be big. Okay, then what's the process of doing that? Okay, my process might be, all right, number one, I'm going to set myself up for an assessment at Barton Performance. Then I'm going to be there twice a week. And then two times a week, I'm going to go out with my best friend, um, Mike and Rob over here, and we're going to do a run together. So there's my process. I'm also going to focus on getting to bed before 10 or 10 p.m. Okay, I'm going to eat five servings of fruits and vegetables. So that's my process. Next is what are the challenges that are going to come up? All right. Time, of course, that's going to come up. Um, weather, can I get outside and train right now? Do I have to jump on a treadmill? So write out those challenges so you're not surprised when they come up because they're going to come up. Uh, next, list out your support people. So who's on your dream team? Who's the two or three people that are going to hold you accountable to this? And then lastly, how are you going to measure your success? And which, with your measurement, it shouldn't just be, did I finish the marathon? Did I get my time? It's focus on all those process goals. Did I get into the gym twice a week? Did I get my two runs in with my buddies? Did I get to bed before 10 p.m.? So outcome, why, process, challenge, support, and then measure it. Love it, man. You're yeah. a true professional. Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys having me. This is fun. Yeah, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, Ryan Carr, everybody. He's working on his doctorate right now with two kids running around the gym or the house. I mean, <laughs> you're crushing it. So uh, definitely Thanks, one man. to aspire to. So we appreciate your time and carving it out. Check them out either at Barton Health and their centers there or Car Driven Performance. 
On our next episode in a couple of weeks, we've got Denise Upton from Lake Tahoe Wildlife Care. They've got their new building being built and a big fund uh, that they have definitely overpassed or succeeded. So listen in to our next podcast with Denise Upton from Lake Tahoe Wildlife Care. We'll see you there.